All right, this is Down by the Bank, episode 33. This is Corey. Hey, guys, what's up? It's Derek. Hey, guys, it's uh, JK3 here. We have a guest today on episode 33, Curtis Dvorak. Uh, Curtis is with First Coast News as a correspondent for First Coast News and co-host of First Coast Living. Uh, he's known for his you know, beloved and iconic role as Jacksonville for over 19 years with the Jaguars. Uh, you know, kind of run through some of these estimates I'd found and that you had 7,000 appearances, 37 preseason games, 152 regular season games, and three playoff games. So just so many great moments with the team. And uh, we just like to welcome you to the podcast, Curtis. Yeah, appreciate it, guys. Yeah, they, uh, some of those numbers are estimated. Uh, didn't exactly count all those, but uh, yeah, they're pretty, they're pretty close to accurate. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it sounds good to me. Seven thousand is a pretty solid number, I'd say. So it's pretty. Yeah, it was. Well, it was pretty much it was three hundred and fifty appearances a year, uh, average, uh, and nineteen years. So whatever the math comes out to, I think it was around that. Right. Well, that's kind of like leading into the first question. And again, just thank you for coming on. It's just sort of like what drove you to seek out a career in the news media industry uh, versus what you were doing before with the Jaguars, and just kind of how you've liked it so far. Yeah. Well, a couple. I guess it's uh, coming up on. You know, a little over eighteen months since I since I retired, and I I had always been kind of moving towards a, a media career. Um, I started doing radio, um, uh, doing radio like early on, like in the first gosh late nineties with uh, WAPE, and just going on every Friday talking about uh, Jackson and the Jaguars and game day and stuff like that. And um, and then it just kind of went from there, and I, I kind of knew I was going to go into media. And you get through nineteen seasons in the NFL and. Uh, I had been doing a little bit more of it over the last couple of years, just kind of knowing it was, uh, getting to that point. And physically, you know, you come around the, the end of the, end of the year happens and you kind of like, all right, let's just take a break and, and whatever. But then like April schedule comes out and you start to May and now you're planning all the game days and you're actually thinking about that season and you start to think about, okay, uh, do I want to go through the summer getting, you know, working out and getting in shape for season? go through a whole other season beating the crap out of yourself uh, or got a really great offer from First Coast News um, or is now the, the time to go because this is a really good offer and it might not be here next year. And um, So it just, uh, it was, it was you know, one of those perfect timing things. So. Right. Cool, cool. Well, well Curtis, uh, you know, thanks again. So as, as you transition from, you know, being, you know, in the suit and, uh, you know, into like a local celebrity, it's kind of shocking how many people can recognize you you know, uh, a lot of people are usually at work whenever First Coast uh, Living is on. But, you know, you're kind of like a local celebrity now uh, doing the jumbo shrimp, uh, uniform unveil, you know, see you out at Hop King or some of the games, blowing the air on still. How has that transition, you know, been from being, quote, unquote, Jackson DeVille to, like, you know, Curtis Dvorak now? Uh, it, it's been, you know, like I said, the last uh, last five or ten years of my career there, I was doing uh, a bunch more speaking gigs and did rotary clubs and stuff like that. So I started to get out a little more. So it was pretty natural to make a tra- transition over. The only difference is there's cameras in front of you, you know, like. Um, right. So it was it was pretty easy. Um, and you know, the diehards like Jaguar fan base is, you know, it's a. Uh, I mean, it's such a unique fan base because it's so tight. You know, it's like a small, it's like a, a family. Everybody knows, you know, who's, who's been here for these 22 years. Like, we've all grown up together with this team. We've all been through this this whole process together. And this is the first, you know, that's why Bolt City Brigade and groups like that, you know, formed. Because it was like, now you have 
everyone who's gone through this together has no other allegiances except this team. And it's just a, it's just such, such a tight bond. So the, the diehards knew, you know, I would get called, people were calling me towards the end, the last handful of seasons from the stands. People were yelling as, you know, as I go by in costume, they're yelling Curtis. So oh, wow. there was, there was, huh. there was a lot of people. Um, and so, so it really wasn't, it wasn't like a, uh, as much of a light switch, uh, from my perspective, um, doing it because it had kind of been coming for, for a while, you know? Right. Yeah, the uh, you definitely uh, you, you could have a, a maybe a nickname of Mister Jacksonville. So uh, definitely uh, the names out there. Um, we're gonna well, switch. Well, I mean, this city this city's amazing. Like I I came here uh, I I came here for the Gator Bowl in 1995 with uh, Virginia Tech playing Tennessee, and it was the year that uh, the stadium was under renovation, and they played the Gator Bowl down in uh, in Gainesville. We stayed in Jacksonville. Tennessee whooped us down there, whatever, but. Uh, we stayed in Jacksonville and went to the game. And, you know, we, I was the mascot for the for the Virginia Tech Hokies at the time, and uh, so I remember being here in the city. Had a great time. Well, then a year goes by. I'm graduating, and I get the the call to try out, and I win the tryout, and I come down here. You know, recognize the uh, the drawbridge on 95 because that blew me away. As a as a <laughs> as anybody who's lived in the states, like wait a minute, you got a drawbridge on an interstate through your city? What the heck? <laughs> uh, but anyway, so I remember the city, whatever, but I came here, started the job, you know, the, the 96 season was my first season as Matt, you know, just like the crazy playoff run. Uh, you know, those, those next four years going to the playoffs, two AFC championship games, all that stuff was easy. makes you fall in love with the team, but the city, I mean, I don't know. It's it, for those who live here and for those who love it, it's easy for them to understand just simply saying, you know, like, uh, it, it's there's so much for for what I like to do, and just as a city, uh, I love Jacksonville, and so I love promoting and going like having doing those seven thousand appearances. I got a chance to go to all these amazing events around town. I got a chance to see all parts of the city, and and see all, and and be in front of all the people in the city, and it, and it's it's great. You can't help but fall in love with it. So now being out of the suit, it's great because I. I moved right into a, a role where I'm doing all the same, all the best stuff that I got to do as Jackson, but I don't have to wear the fur and I get to actually, you know, be at, <laughs> I get to be at these events longer. Instead of like as Jackson, you get there and you show up for an hour and you're in and you're out. You know, I'm getting the MC, you know, concerts, uh, beaches, Oktoberfest and, and Bruval and other concerts at the, the beaches, Sea Walk and other venues around town, you know, getting to introduce uh, some of the best bands, you know, going as far as, in my opinion, in some genres. And it's just awesome. It's so much fun. I get to do all the, the same stuff I got to do, only I get to actually do it more and spend more time in it and get to show people, you know, on TV why I love this city and, and why I love that team. I definitely think, and you guys can agree or disagree, that when the next uh, opening for mayor comes up, like, you probably would have a pretty good shot at, at winning that if you were <laughs> <laughs> no. No, no chance, no chance. I got, I got up in front of, I got, I went to, I've been to city council meeting, uh, in the beach, in Jack's beaches, which by the way, go to a Jack's beach city council meeting, uh, and, and bring your popcorn, um, because, but it's like, it, it's, it's a horror show. Uh, but anyway, I went to one downtown, uh, I went to, you know, uh, Maine, Duval County, you know, at the, uh, city hall, went right. to one of those to speak 
uh, out against the proposed bill that was going to ban skateboarding downtown. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, that's another, again, it's, uh, if you got a good three or four hours and you have plenty of patience and you can laugh at a lot of things, um, they're entertaining to go to. But anyway, I got up in front of all the city council members and I said, look, first thing I want to tell you, after listening to three hours of people telling you you suck, uh, <laughs> I can, ass- I can assure you, that's literally what it is. I can assure you, uh, if any of you had any concerns that I'm coming for anyone's seat, uh, I'm not. <laughs> because that, that is not, that is not a world I want to live in or be in. Uh, huh. it's, they're, Props to the people who do get into that because it's a brutal, brutal industry. Worse yeah. than being a starting quarterback in an NFL team. <laughs> oh man, what do you think about this Coughlin and Marone, uh, this uh, partnership here? We, we um, obviously with Coughlin back in the building, that definitely brings a lot of excitement. But uh, when they announced it, they announced Marone first, then Coughlin. So people were kind of scratching their heads, and then now we have Coughlin, and everybody's excited. So, uh, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, we, uh, we actually talked about this on First Coast Living, uh, obviously the, the, you know, the next day, uh, when it, after it got announced. But yeah, it was, cause I was a public relations major in, uh, in college. That's what I got my degree in. Hmm. And so as a PR guy, I noticed the same thing. And that was the, the, the part that was kind of strange to me and that I didn't like the most was like, I understand why, because you don't want the Marone announcement to get, uh, you know, just kind of buried and, and, whatever and nobody's going to care about it once you if you now once you announce Coughlin it's going to be that's going to be the story I get that but it's going to that was going to happen regardless and I think the now granted I think they knew they were only delaying it what 30 minutes or 45 minutes yeah right? mm-hmm. something like that yeah. you know it, it was like an hour delay let's be honest the uproar that happened and all the, the you know everybody like freaking out and the, the Twitter that just went nuts with yeah. with some pretty derogatory stuff and some pretty negative stuff and the, oh, yeah. and the whole fan base was on the Matthews Bridge and literally <laughs> like ready to go and uh, and then the another announcement comes and suddenly it's like the entire it was you know it, it's Sylvester Stallone grabbing the hat and turning it backwards and over the top <laughs> and just the whole fan base is like and we're back yeah we're yeah. going to Super Bowl. <laughs> I even saw like That's as far as great. well as far as Twitter goes, I saw you had some interactions on there, kind of like in both both segments of the the super negative vibes after the Marone and then the super positives after the Coughlin. So I saw you kind of mix it up a little bit. I I I just you know yeah I made a mistake a couple times there where I just I jumped you know you it, you got to be careful sometimes Twitter you got to be careful sometimes it's sometimes it's like a uh, a slow trickling stream, like just everybody just run, jump in, all cool. Other times it's like a complete flash flood. And if you, you step into it, you better realize, you know, <laughs> it, it's going to get dangerous because I just made one, you know, kind of comment and then it's just like, boom, the topic was so heated and people were going. And I was like, look, I'm really asking somebody to tell me what you gain by knowing every detail of the process. Like, and I, I just, I honestly, did not understand what we would gain because they're going to hire who they hire. They're going to announce it when they do. And like that, that announcing Marone first and Coughlin second was kind of like, if you look at it, a perfect example of why they don't say anything because every little bit of information that comes out, people just go freaking nuts and they go all over the board on it. And it's like, if we're going to do that anyway, if the public's going to do that anyway, what does it matter? 
they're going to get killed either way. They release the info, people are going to criticize them because they're doing stupid stuff or stuff that they don't agree with. Like, <laughs> you know, if you don't release it, uh, why can't we get the information? It's just, in that situation, I just, I didn't understand what you gained by it. But I also understand that some people are, uh, you know, it, it's just that's what every second of the day, you know, they're, they're looking at it and wanting to see, like, which, who's going to be our running back coach? You know, like, it's, it's exciting, but when it, it's going to come out when it comes out. So that's why I was always like, that, that's why I think one of the tweets I finished with was, hey, look, let's just wait till it comes out and then we can all fight about it then. Like, <laughs> cause, because fighting about, you know, like, it was funny. There was like, there was hypothetical fights. Like, we hadn't even hired a guy. And literally, like, the whole Chip Kelly thing the last couple of days. <laughs> Chip Kelly thing, like, he's been roasted, uh, you know, anointed, uh, handed the keys, like, everywhere across the last two days. And then suddenly they're like, you know, Nathaniel Hackett, you know, uh, <laughs> there's going to be it. And it's just like, that's just, that's just Twitter, man. That's the world we live in. It's crazy. I call them Twitter tough guys. That's what I call them. Uh, oh, sure. Yeah. <laughs> you, you get some of those people, like if you actually met some of them down at the stadium and like, Hey, what'd you say? Oh, well, uh, I was just, uh, yeah, that's what I thought. So <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it is, it is funny. I, I don't, I don't ever get, uh, angry or mad at people. I'm always like, that's the, the other tough part too is, is you can't tell inflection. You can't tell, uh, oh, some sarcasm or whatever. It, it just doesn't read well. So some people read it and they read an inflammatory comment when you meant it as a complete, like, <clears throat> complete tongue in cheek, you know, or, or a totally different way than what they read it. Yeah. Um, Alfie, Alfie, great example. Uh, <laughs> just the other day, uh, <clears throat> and for those who don't know Alfie, uh, BCC Alfie from Big Cat Country or whatever. Right. Uh, he, uh, we were going back and forth and, and it was about that topic. And he said, uh, he said, yeah, well, you're, you're whatever. You don't, some people read the paper and, and whatever. I was like, you're right. I don't read the paper. I only read Big Cat Country. Uh, or whatever, and he goes, he puts like, I don't know what the rules are on the uh, podcast. You like to swear? Yeah, well, I mean, we can beep it out, but yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, he he just he just he just tweets back off, and I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, what? I get tweet back and go, wow. I was like, I was actually serious. I don't read the paper. I do read the big cat country because I enjoy it. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty aggressive. <laughs> yeah, Alfie, uh, uh, he's he's a he's a lovable grump. So with the Coughlin Marone hire, so it sounds like uh, from from your perspective, I mean, you seem you're, like you're pretty uh, pretty high on that. Absolutely, um, haven't been there when Tom Coughlin was there, uh, and and I, I love I love Coach and I love his family and I've been you know friends with them for you know twenty twenty one years and uh, I still do a bunch of stuff with the Coughlin Foundation and um, I'm so excited for for Kelly and them and to have him back here. Uh, for the work that he does with that foundation, uh, because some people may or may not know, when he left, uh, went and coached up in New York, he kept the foundation here and kept doing the same work here. And he also did it in New York, but he, he kept that here. It was like, that was, that's a huge, you know, you know, credit to, to who he is. And so to have him back and to get to get that foundation, you know, he's been involved obviously, but, uh, being here for all the events, I think it's going to be great. But from the football side, yeah, uh, I was here. I know what it was like when he was in that building. I know, I know what, you know, his, I mean, his resume speaks for itself, you know. What, what do you see as far as, you know, a culture change with, with Coughlin, 
Um, you know, you've been here with every, you know, every head coach that we've had in history. So what do you think the biggest difference is since he's pushing culture now? Like, how do you think some of our young players will uh, respond to that? Well, so here's the thing. I, I, I was here when he was at his most strict back in the, the Coughlin days. Like, uh, you know, we went to New York and he won Super Bowls. If you guys, you know, remember, obviously, the stories about Tiki Barber and, and uh, Strahan uh, talking to him, pulling him aside and saying, Coach, you got to lighten up or, or we're going to have a mutiny. And he did. And he changed kind of his his style and they won two championships. So he is, is different even than he was here. And just the thing that the biggest thing he, he does is he obviously outworks everybody and he just leads by example. He doesn't say you have to stay there as long as he does, but he shows you that you know, he puts the work in. And because he puts the work in, you know, more times than not, and his resume proves it, he kind of makes the right decision. But he really just expects everyone to, like you said in that speech, is like he is 100% about the team, like so selfless. The guy is, you know, as a as a man, one of the the most amazing, uh, most most amazing men I'll ever know in my lifetime. And that's, hmm. you know, that's a, I guess that's probably the best thing I could say about him. Um, but as a culture, he's going to instill accountability, obviously, but basically he just expects everybody to be prepared and like, and you know, on time, obviously, but do your work and he's going to expect guys to, to be men and do what, and, and do what he asks. And obviously everything is about winning with him. That is, that is one thing he showed, um, in that press conference. But I, I also don't want people to just, I hate in the, uh, you know, kind of the, the trashing of, of Gus and Dave and right. and all that right. stuff because it's uh it's a little unfair. Um, you know, revisionist history. It's easy to to say, yeah, well, you know, uh, Gus from the start. You know, all of us were on board, and with the with the the talent level we had at the time, we needed somebody that was positive. You know, like <laughs> right. we we had a pretty bad roster. Uh, talent-wise, and, you know, we needed somebody that was just going to, because realistically, look, we all knew we weren't winning a lot of games those years. I mean, come on, nobody nobody was predicting. Vegas had us at, like, three wins or something. Right. But, right. anyway, it's just, I hate seeing that because, too, like, as far as the Dave stuff, people are, you know, talking about, oh, he's going to be, uh, you know, uh, he got demoted, and I'm like, well, actually, no, a lot of the NFL teams are moving to this kind of uh, format where you have you know, a general manager, a head coach, and then you have a uh, a guy above them who is the, the football decision guy. And because countless examples, we can go through them. How many times you see a GM and a coach are at odds, and the owner's got to pick one? Right, 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 right. And and go through the scenarios where it's happened. And look what's happened. You know, Niners they picked didn't pick Harbaugh, went with GM. Look where they're at. You know, like you pick wrong in those scenarios, it. it because of personal, like you're closer to one than the other, it, it can ruin your team for years. And so putting Kalfa in that position allows Shad not to have to, you know, as Shad's admitted over and over, he knows bumpers, he knows, you know, uh, that stuff. But football, he, he leaves it to the football people. And so bringing in a guy like Tom, yeah, you can't, you can't guarantee wins or anything like that. But I just, I can't see us not uh, being successful with the talent and with the work ethic he's going to. Uh, him and Marone, because by the way, Doug Marone, uh, is, is no puppet here. Uh, that's a, <laughs> if you've ever stood 
stood, uh, you know, in front of that man when he's uh, when he's leading the team. He's an intimidating guy because one, he's big, but uh, yeah, but no, he's a pretty big guy. He's a real big guy, but he, but anyway, he commands the players' respect too. So uh, it's going to be a lot of fun, and I, I'm I'm excited. Um, but obviously, like everyone else, we've uh, I'm still. It's tough, man. We all we've gone down this road before where we get you know off season you know rings for all of us and uh <laughs> and then the season comes up so i'm still i'm excited and you know uh but i'm also not going to stress about it until i watch games you know what i mean i think we're all pretty much like cautiously optimistic i think is the way to to kind of say it at this point perfect but it is funny though because i i had one of those i don't know if you guys get those like facebook flashback picture things those notifications that come up and there was one that sure. actually yeah there's one that actually came up today and it was a billboard across the street from one of the the bank branches that i work at and it was the billboards they had all over town when gus bradley had first gotten here it was like welcome gus bradley from jaguars fans and just all these really enthusiastic signs and and messages and there's excitement now, but it's a different type of excitement. I don't think it's as blind as kind of like that excitement was at the time. No, no doubt. They definitely, each time, uh, each time the excitement is, uh, feels different. And and I, I say that because I remember when Coughlin uh, was fired and they, you know, brought in Del Rio. I remember, you know, a new era begins. I remember the posters. I remember all that stuff. And I remember the same, like, yeah, I put it. And then I remember, you know, when uh, he got released and it was on to the next one, and even Malarkey, people were like, okay, okay, cool, yeah, 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 this is going to be good. And then one year later, you know, <laughs> uh, obviously Gus, it was kind of like after that, I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute, all right. So you're right, it, it does feel different because it's different people, but uh, at the same time, it's uh, it's still, <laughs> still a lot of off-season, uh, off-season hype. So I'm, I'm still, like you said, cautiously optimistic. And uh, I'm a, a wait and see. I'm not going to judge anything based off of drafts or workouts or, you know, uh, the free agent crew we get because I've uh, been down that road uh, plenty of times, too. So, yeah, supposedly, uh, speaking of Jack Del Rio, supposedly uh, I heard from somebody today that they still sell the Jack Del Rio sandwich at Angie Subs. Can you confirm that being a beach guy? <laughs> I have. I have seen that still up there. Uh I think I think I even might have seen it at Angie's Grom, but uh, I haven't eaten it either of those places in a while. Uh, yeah. But I do remember seeing it. I was at Grom today for lunch and confirmed that they still have it there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was really kind of the crucial yeah. the crucial question we wanted to ask you, just to confirm that 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 important piece of information. Um, it is still there, still there. <laughs> Well, uh, we definitely, again, and I don't know, I mean, not to get too much on the backstory, we technically have had you on the podcast before, but with my amateur-ish uh, recording abilities, we unfortunately lost that, and so Curtis was nice enough to come on again to to be interviewed and to be on the podcast, which is really cool. Um, so, uh, you know, on behalf of all three of us, we really, really appreciate it. Hey, no problem, guys. Thanks for having me on, and yeah. uh, maybe, we'll, maybe we'll do it again after, uh, after we go to the playoffs uh, next season. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, you guys can catch Curtis on First Coast News and then definitely follow him, as we mentioned, on Twitter at, uh, at Curtis Dvorak um, on there. So he's a good follow. So uh, thanks again, Curtis. And uh, like you said, we'll be talking to you after the Super Bowl victory next season. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good, guys. See you later. All right. All right. Later, man.
Thanks, man. All right, so that was our interview with uh, Curtis Dvorak, and sort of the big news today um, that I know Derek, you had some uh, some tidbits on was the uh, Chip Kelly is not our offensive coordinator news, and Nathaniel Hackett is. So, uh, what was the the kind of insight that you had on that? Yeah, so um, you know, before the before we started recording, uh, JK three and I were talking, and we actually listened to the same uh, radio show uh, today about the fastest offenses. And Chip Kelly obviously having a fast offense. You know, me personally, I didn't want Chip Kelly here. I thought it would be uh, a pain. But San Francisco had the fastest offense last year, uh, like this past season. And Jacksonville, believe it or not, we did, had the number two. Um, so do you think that having uh, even faster offense than we have is going to help, you know, the cause, help Bortles get better and help our offensive line? I don't think so. Um, the – if you look at the stats for the seconds per play uh, offenses in the NFL, the top 12 teams that are the fastest, only one of them made the playoffs. Uh, if you're going to look at numbers, I wouldn't want I would want to slow it down a little bit. So that's where I'm at with that. It's nothing, nothing too, too crazy, but I'm glad we ended up hiring that. Uh, you know, to, to second, um, you know, also, and the, the second, the keeping of Hackett, I think that it's pretty good. You know, just from uh, the word that I learned tonight, um, how, do you, how do you pronounce it, Corey? Continuity. continuity. Yep, continuity. Continuity. For the for the continuity of, of, of Blake's uh, progression and for his development as a quarterback, you know, we don't want another system that he's got to learn, you know, another set of terminology, another set of different reads and everything else like that. I think he's already had enough on his plate that he needs to work on this year and this offseason. And, you know, and the last thing that he needs is another set of plays to come in and another signal caller to come in and change things. Um, I was talking to a buddy today who he, he wanted Chip Kelly. And, you know, we, we had a little, you know, banter back and forth. Uh, but then after talking, you know, it's just one of those things where it's the fans kind of feel like there's still a remnant of Gus Bradley still since we kept, you know, uh, Wash. And, uh, hack it. Just because they're still here doesn't mean they'll still be doing the same plays and the same play calls. You know what I mean? The same decision making things that Gus has put the team in. They may not even be in those same situations. I mean, same team as last year. And then we all saw Blake score on that, uh, end around where he handed it off to Marquise Lee and then Marquise Lee threw it back to him in the end zone. I mean, that's not something they just installed, you know, in one week when when uh when when um Gus gets fired, you know what I mean? Right, right. Yeah, and I definitely think one, I agree with the continuity factor. I think that's important for him just because I mean he's had so much change since he's been here. It's certainly gonna stunt his growth to have another new system implemented, although I'm sure there'll be tweaks. But um I do think that's part of it though. I think people the reason they're so lukewarm about it is because it doesn't feel like I mean, other than Coughlin I mean, literally, the head coach, offensive coordinator, and defensive coordinator were here last year. You know what I mean? So it doesn't – there's not really – there is change, but to a lot of people, it probably doesn't feel like there is, actually, if that makes sense. Yeah, and people get pissed off because Doug Marone's the, the head coach now, and he's been here for two years. So it's kind of like, you know, it's not a, a total, you know, thing where we're going through, like, San Francisco or some of these other teams where they're blowing up and literally starting from the ground, you know, up. We've – literally had our blow up and I don't think right now we can afford to have another major overhaul of every single coach, you know, in the, in the organization. Right. 
Yeah. By the way, you like how we do a whole episode on Josh McDaniels and Matt Patricia, and they don't even leave the Patriots. <laughs> awesome. I shook my I shook my eight ball. I shook my Magic eight ball, and they said that he, they weren't leaving. So that's where I stood on that. What if they don't leave? Yeah. You get so you know. Obviously, uh, Tom Coughlin being the EVP, Marone being the coach. Yeah, JK three was right. You know, he kind of. You know, I don't know. We we didn't say it in that capacity, but you definitely you definitely were on the right path. Had you kept going, you probably would have called it. Uh, as far playing as playing the lotto, I'm yeah, playing. <laughs> yeah, go get those scratch offs because that was a, <laughs> that was a good call. That call you made was better than some of the professional guys. Like yeah. they didn't make that call. Um, a couple in particular that write for our beloved newspaper that don't know anything. But anyway. Um, I, I will make I will I will make sure I send you a thank you card. Yeah, you know for that that is a very nice compliment, Eric. I, I really that's a nice thing you ever hey, said to me. Few and far between 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 us. Few hey, and far hey, and you talk about like news media. Technically, he is the news media. I did hear him on the radio a couple days ago. So I, I am. I, and you know what? It's crazy is that a, a lot of people that I work with was like, "Hey, I heard you." As soon as I was on, I started getting text after text after text, and then. um so when you win on when you're on the drill, you know obviously I got the flowers or whatever from Kune sent over to uh, my fiance, and she's like, "Oh, these are so nice!" I'm sitting in the back of my head, these are free. Yes. <laughs> well, really quick, explain yeah. what you explain what you did, like what you were on and stuff. Okay, so if anyone in Jacksonville or you know a lot of uh, most of our fans they listen to Ten Ten XL. Um, I was a guest Guggen judge, um, you know, where basically where Dan Haken and Jeff Prosser argue back and forth and it gets really awkward because they're arguing, arguing and you're just sitting there like you don't really know when to say anything. And then you have to pay attention because you just hear a ding and you're just like, uh, winner Jeff, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you have no idea. So the hardest part about it is making sure to last all five rounds. Yeah. And uh, I, I did a pretty good job in traffic, mind you. Uh, while having them on speakerphone, dangerous, uh, and, and still, and yeah, it's still, and still managing to uh, go five rounds. So it was pretty awesome. I still need to go get my Jackson social gift card, by the way. That's funny. Yeah, you sounded pretty good. But th- how about the little? Th- what was the little parting remark that you threw in there at the end? Um, oh yeah, yeah. So the when when it when it was over with, it was, I think the last question ended on on you know something related to the Jaguars, and I had to put a. You know, shameless plug in told him that I couldn't wait to be down by the bank <laughs> in September. <laughs> and so I made sure I spread it out down by the bank <laughs> in September. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, but it, all in all, man, it's fun, fun being know, on the local radio. Well, you know what's funny about that is like, to, like, of course, like, cause we do the podcast. That's a huge plug. You know, probably like most people out there just thought you were just saying like down by the bank, but like my 10 year old. Uh, daughter, I had her listening. Like when you were on there, she was like, "Oh, did you hear that? They he said the podcast. That's crazy. How could they let him do that?" And I'm like, "They don't. They're not making that connection. You know what I mean? They have no idea." Yeah, and yeah. plus, plus it was, plus it was live, so there was no chance of editing it. <laughs> yeah, some couple people heard it. Uh, some friends, uh, we we know uh, JK3 heard it and. Sent me a text like, "Hey, someone just had your podcast name on ten ten, <laughs> and I told him, "Like, yeah, that was JK 3 No, it wasn't." I said, "Yeah, it was him." 
Well, he wasn't. His name was JK3. I was like, well, no kidding. It wasn't. He didn't announce himself as JK3. Just John. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to try to, I'm going to try to get on there next time and like try to do the same parting remark would be like, yeah, I can't wait to be d- down by the bank at, you know, soundcloud.com slash down by the bank podcast. No, and- <laughs> you can't do that, man. They will, they will, they will sniff that out in two seconds. You know, they got a five second FCC delay so they can hit the button and. That's harmless, though. I'm not, like, saying anything crazy, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know. We can always try. I mean, it won't hurt to try. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, no, that was a, that was, that was a good, uh, that was a good job. But, yeah, so, no, I'm, I'm, a, I'm excited about the Hackett hire, man. That is something I am definitely excited about that they retained him for, for continuity, for the fact that we won't have Chip Kelly. Um, They'll, you know, we still got a bunch of coaching vacancies to fill, and position coaches are very important too. So hopefully they'll get those filled with some experienced coaches that know how to win, and then we can uh, we can make some things happen. Um, really, really quick before we run out of time, um, what do you guys think about the uh, the Rams hiring the coach that's like thirty years old? I mean, you know, it's just his resume is just unbelievable. This guy was playing college football maybe like ten years ago. And now he's a head coach. Like, what do you guys think about that? That's it's crazy. And here's why. Not just because their coach is young, because their quarterback is complete hot garbage. Okay. <laughs> he's trash. All right. When he was at Cal, he made a little comment saying that he was better than Mariota and Winston when they were in college. No, you weren't. Okay. Shut up. Um, first of all, second of all, they have a really good defense and that's about all they have. And didn't they trade? Did they trade up to get to get him? Is that right? Did, yeah. The Rams did something yes, they silly. Did. Yeah. Yeah. So, no. Bye. You know, see you later. Uh, and then it got worse because I heard they hired Olsen as the quarterback's coach. Yeah, they so, did. <laughs> so, oh, oh, man. You, you know, it's like they're saying, oh, well, he coached Derek Carr for a year and Derek Carr credits him for a lot. Well, Derek Carr wasn't. That all that great as a rookie. I mean, yeah, no rookie PB is all outstanding, but he wasn't that good. And then he leaves and he good, does well. So hopefully that'll be our uh, our Q two to start doing well. And the Rams, Jared Goff, hey, uh, take care and hope you guys enjoy a very long season next year. Well, like a couple like opinions. Like one, it makes me really like think about what I've done with my life. The fact that this guy's like. <laughs> Because, I mean, that is ridiculous. But, like, the second thing is, though, if you saw, like, he, I guess they brought in Wade Phillips. So, I don't know. I mean, that's a pretty good pickup for defensive coordinator. And he was heavily involved with Kirk Cousins and, like, his development. So, I don't know. I mean, I, I guess I'll see how it plays no, out. No, 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 The Rams defense was already really good. They have one of the best defensive tackles in football. Even better than our Malik Jackson, unfortunately. Aaron Donald. Okay. They're, it's their offense that's bad because all they have is Todd Gurley. Yeah, they have the uh, – what's the receiver's name? Ah, crap. Tavon, Tavon, Tavon Austin. They got Tavon Austin, but they don't know how to get him the ball. So, you know, they they got to get innovative. And you definitely have the wrong person on your offensive staff at Olsen to get innovative. But, um, you know, 31 years old, you're right. It makes you question and wonder what the heck are we doing. Uh <laughs> You know, I know some 31-year-olds that still are living at home with their parents. Uh, <laughs> that wasn't me. I think, for the, I, think, I think he's 30. I literally think he's the same age 
as I am. I don't want to date myself, but that really makes, at least I'm not home with my mom still. (laughs) You didn't date yourself. You literally gave your age. (laughs) But yeah, he is 30 years old. You got him, man. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, He's literally 30 years old. It's not like I asked you to be in like my top eight or something like that on MySpace. (laughs) Wow. Wow. MySpace is still out there, by the way. It's like a music thing now. I don't know if you uh, saw that, but it's like a, like a cool, like it's, I think that's like the hipster thing now is to have MySpace actually. I I logged into my MySpace and some of the crap that's still on there. I just can't believe that guy Tom, though, that guy Tom made out, though. He's like a bazillionaire or something, just sitting at home now. I'm going to go back to my Napster days when I was a kid. Shows you that I got a little bit of years on you guys. Not a little bit, but a couple. Oh, you're talking about, you're talking you, you, about illegal downloading Napster? Is that what you're yeah, referencing right illegal now? Download, <laughs> illegal downloading Napster. Yeah, that's right. Um, but yeah, no, I, I uh, you know, hey, more power to them and good luck with that with that team. That's how I feel. So, yeah. Well, yeah. And to kind of close it out, please do not illegally download our podcast. Please download our podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and Google Play. And if you could leave us a rating or review on iTunes, that would be greatly appreciated. Uh, I think we'll kind of wrap it up there, and uh, we'll talk to you guys next time. All right, guys, take care. Hey, take it easy, guys. Have a good week.